Hi, I'm Mario Evan, and you're listening to Talk Trot, a weekly inspiration podcast discussing the things that most people are afraid to, but from a Jamaican perspective. From relationships, sex and sexuality, to the ins and outs of entrepreneurship, in this space we speak about almost anything with the intention to inspire, educate, entertain, and create a fair and balanced space where your truth shall become your power and set you free. Undeniably one of the most powerful things on the planet, and Jamaica and Fiwi dancehall culture has not been shy about idolizing it. The neglai, the glimity, glamity, the glow, the gumshan, the punani. Jamaica has fully put itself behind the power of the pum pum. But are all vaginas made equal? This is episode number two, and I have with me Dr. Wendell Guthrie, obstetrician and gynecologist, and we're going to unpack this one. But before we get into the podcast, I just want to show some love to our listeners who gave us reviews on iTunes. Car683, titled Talk Truth. Well, well, Mario Evan, you have managed to add another hat to your beautiful head. Podcaster, is there anything me cannot do? I think not. Awesome intro into what to expect from Talk Truth. And I'm sitting on my hands looking forward to more as the week's progress. We have Dre Tav who says, congrats. I'm excited about this podcast. Kudos to you, Mario. Looking forward to the great content you'll be presenting. And our third review is from BV1987 titled, subscribed. First episode already feels fresh, fun, and interesting. Looking forward to more episodes. Thank you for those three reviews. And I encourage you guys to go on iTunes and rate and review the podcast because it really helps to put us high up in the ratings. We'd appreciate it. All right, let's get to it. Boom, boom time. All right, this is going to be my first full-length episode, and I'm really excited because I have someone who I admire and respect very much, and he's going to help us deal with this topic, Are All Vaginas Created Equal? And beside me, I have none other than consultant, obstetrician, and gynecologist, Dr. Wendell Guthrie, who I oftentimes call Dad. So welcome to, to Talk Truth. Thank you very much for having me. No, people are going to actually hear how similar we sound on microphone, which is going to be interesting. <laughs> so yeah. what I want to ask you, all right, so I am I am a young boy now. So tell me back back in your day, um, what were some of the names that you remember them having for the vagina? I mean, in my day and age now, I know Jamaicans call it pum pum, they call it chocho, they call it all sort of things. Maybe there were some before my time. Yes, well, it depends, you know, because when you spoke to the little children, they allow it to sound more like kitty and <laughs> cat and these little things. And when you. Back then or now? Even back then. And then when you get to the older person and you hear people talk about funny, right? And in Jamaica? Right, in Jamaica, because some of that came from British. Um, where they talk about funny. And you also have the people degrade it and talk about pussy, right? right? And that is what is there. The problem is that female, what they call vagina, is that what the gynecologists call vagina. Because 
we are at an advantage as male in that we can just look at our penis and feel our testicles and, and see everything that's and going see there. everything but but <laughs> but but women only seeing the external aspect right. which from a biology point of view anatomy we call that the vulva well, and the right. vagina I'm glad you're going there because that was my next question <laughs> um, tell me about the, the anatomy so the outside part you say is yes, and the, the, vulva. the vulva but that part is if you start from the top where you have the hair going mm-hmm. it is what is called the man's pubis right. but making up the vulva you have the clitoris and you have the outer labia which is a thicker part that's the labia majora yes that's the the fat part yes that goes here and you have the inner labia that um is a thinner area and um it's almost as a valve a flap valve effect because these overlap especially when People have on clothes and the outer part will come together. What is the purpose of it? It, it protects it, the opening? It really protects because there is a vagina has different levels of protection other than the fact that it has an acid beach. When somebody is sitting down, the vagina is not an open passage. The walls come together from back to front. Well, so it is closed. Say it's, not, it's not open all the time. No, so not the, open. The walls come together. Come together. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can use your mouth as, as an example when you're not speaking you can feel your tongue touching the roof of your mouth so your mouth is basically a closed potential space now the vagina is also closed from front to back <coughs> and then at the entrance the labia menorah which are the thinner ones right they imagine you have on your clothes your bath suit your panty they come together and almost overlap like a valve. So that is kind of really the protection. Then. Really protection. And then now, the thicker area comes together and meets in the midline so that there is a front-to-back groove. And so when you look at age groups, when you look at little babies, all you see is the two thick areas meeting. And if you don't spread these areas, you don't see things like the clitoris and the inner labor. Well, when people get in older now, it is easy as there is development to see the full structure. So there is a good protective mechanism there. That's why if you have on your bath suit or if you don't, and you jump off a springboard and your legs open, water will not go up inside your vagina. And nor will vaginal fluids come out. And nor will vaginal fluids uh. come out because there is a good um, mechanical barrier there. I want us to complete anatomy, mm-hmm. then I want to come back to the labia. So, mm-hmm. so the um, alright. So outside of the labia and the vulva, everything on the outside. When you go inside, it's just—is it muscle? Yes, it is. The vagina actually is really a tube that connects the entrance, which is where the hymen is. For somebody who have never had intercourse, right. so the hymen is the opening. It is the hymen is not. Closed off, but different diamond have different caliber. So some people cannot put in a tampon because it's so tight. And some people who are virgins... But that is when the hymen is gone though, right? No, you can still put in a tampon when the hymen is there because Mm -hmm. there's a certain degree of stretch that takes place. And the people who manufacture tampons, they also make 
tampons that have plastic covering that slides in very easily. Right. And so a lot of young women are afraid to use tampon because they believe it is going to affect their virginity, which is not really true because suppose you're a swimmer. It is the best thing to do if you're a swimmer to use tampon. If you're a track and field athlete, it is a good thing to use tampon because it's not necessarily comfortable to swim in pad or run in pads. And, and, and all right, fine. And but and why is the hymen there? Why do you think they created the hymen? Why God created no, the hymen? No, it is not that the hymen is, is, is created for any purpose. It's that the vagina is designed, the anatomy, the embryology from development. There's an upper vagina and there's a lower vagina. So the upper part, two tubes come together that are called mullerian duct and they come down and they will they run side by side and the partition in the tube will hollow out. Now the lower vagina is a part that literally is an invagination. It turns in from the outside and it is where the inner part Meet meets the, the lower part that turn in, right? That is where you have the hymen so that in, is formed. So in, in some anatomy, cases, it's like a remnant from, yes, from the... Exactly. And in some cases, which is abnormal, you do get an imperforate hymen. So when a girl gets to the age that she should start have her period, she might feel a sensation month after month, but there is no flow because there is no opening. All right. And mm. at the top of the vagina now, we have the cervix, right? Which yes. is the beginning of the uterus. Yes. Cervix is part mm. of the uterus, yes. right? That yes. we call the womb. Yes. All right. Good. So we have the, the anatomy. So there are no bones in the vagina. No bones in the vagina, but the vagina walls have folds more like an accordion, pleats. Right. And right. so they, that allows it to stretch any direction. Because, for example, when a baby is coming out, if it's an eight-pound baby or four-kilogram baby, it will stretch right laterally to the pelvic side wall and come back. Similarly, on the other hand, the resting vagina is just about three inches long. But if you have an erect penis to seven inches, it still will fit just the same during intercourse. Right, well, so are, there are folds and it adapts. And then those folds will decrease and the whole thing becomes smooth. As they get older. At menopause and say women in their 70s and 80s, it, it, it becomes so thin that sometimes there's no room for stretching. But the younger person, all that room is there for sex, for childbirth, etc. All right, let's come back out to the outside. So in, mm -hmm. in Jamaican culture, I think there's this obsession with, with fatness and the fatness is determined by the size of the labia. Mm -hmm. So you see somebody in a tights or something and yes. they're looking at, well, I guess the, the connection is between the outside and the inside of the vagina that if the meaty part on the outside is fat, mm -hmm. then that must tie into the More inside pleasure. being pleasurable. Yes. Well, How do you feel about that, that analogy? Th that analogy has been around a long time. As a matter of fact, in the dance hall culture, they used to have a thing they call the buffer zone, <laughs> where, where women wear their bad suits and the ones who are the most bulge, they won the competition, right? right? Sometimes it is the amount of hair they have, but it varies from one person to another <clears throat> because uh, Fairly fat person might have a fairly flat labia and a fairly slim person 
might have because sometimes what is happening, the pubic bone above the clitoris is very prominent in some persons. And that might be right? causing the bulge. And that might be causing but the bulge. But I feel bulge. like you can differentiate between a bony bulge from a soft bulge. Yes, you can differentiate. And it is true that people talk about uh, fat labia, but that doesn't mean there is more pleasure in the vagina as far as sex is concerned because other things cause pleasure such as dryness or moisture or being prepared so if somebody is not prepared for sex and say they are raped they don't there's hardly any secretion at all right and so there is dryness everything well if they are in the mood they might have so much secretion that it might even run down the leg I like mm-hmm. the direction you're taking mm-hmm. us. Right, you said something important. I mean, really and truly, at the end of the day, we're going to come to the conclusion as to whether all vaginas are created equal or some tighter than others. But you were talking about size. Mm-hmm. So should I assume that a bigger person proportionately will have a bigger vagina? So if you're mm-hmm. five, if you're four, six mm-hmm. and you're tiny, does it mean your vagina is like two inches? And if you're like six one, then your vagina is like four inches. I mean, is that logical? People's body tend to be proportional, but the vagina is not really exactly like that. Because you can get stretch after childbirth. And so, but let us not go yeah, there. Pre childbirth. I like to look at the vagina like you have two yards, right? One yard has a little gate, but it's the same side as the yard next door. And so the little gate. Only pedestrian can walk through it. <laughs> so the muscles around the entrance of the vagina, called the levator muscle, can be fairly tight in people who have not had babies and so on. On the other hand, you have another yard next door and you have a big gate so you can drive a bus through. Right? So, but the actual vaginal passage is likely to be about the same, but it is the muscles around the entrance as like the gate right. column. And the muscles will vary from person to person, irrespective of their external size, but it's still within a close range. Some people can get the muscle a little tighter than others, which I'm sure will come to. Right. And some people will have it stretched like after delivery, and there might be tears that leave um, some sort of looseness and all of that. But basically, by design, you can, whether you're, why do you see a big, basketball player with a little four foot ten woman and people wonder how they make it happen how they make it happen but so this the vagina is designed to accommodate but I'm, I'm sure in another podcast i'll tackle the other end of this which is penis size but i have a feeling that in men penis size in some instances may be more proportionate to size but it may not be so either because genetics well, may play a component well, in well that. penis size there's a misconception too because penis size is related to erect and so there are some people who have a little shrunken penis like a little finger right in our days but, we call but, them growers versus showers yeah but when they are erect they are the same size as the man who has this big thing hung down in his pant. In other words, the proportion of stretch in the little one might be much more than the proportion of stretch 
in the big one. And some persons even believe that the very big ones, since it is blood that you have to pump in the penis to maintain an erection. And that a big limp penis do not get very <laughs> erect because you can't supply the amount of blood to keep it firm. I like, you know? I like where this is going. But that was actually my next question. So we've dealt with the size of the woman. So basically, the levator muscles mm. mean that the vaginal entrance could be about the same in a big and a small woman, right? It could be about the same and then you could do exercise to tighten the levator too. Do you feel like the perception of vaginal tightness may be due to penis size? So in other words, a man with a bigger penis would therefore think the vagina is tighter because he has a bigger penis versus somebody with a smaller penis. I guess that, that may make more sense irrespective of the stretch. All right. That is, that, that's a good um, thing. A lot of men will tell women that they lose. But a lot of these same men are men that lose in direction so they get in soft. So you have two sides to the coin. You have a square peg and a round hole and so it don't fit as well as it should fit. <laughs> so you find out that a lot of men will tell women that they lose and in truth and fact is he is a person who is getting soft. Right. But men are macho and do not want to own up to that, right? So they will do that. And so the fact of life is that many times when women come to me you now as a gynecologist, I've been practicing for over 40 years, as you know, and they say they are loose. I gotta tell you. And you examine them. And you say this woman is no different than anybody else. Right. And sometimes you even ask them to contract their elevator muscle and you get the squeeze your finger. So you know that nothing it's seriously not is wrong. wrong. Right. It is a suggestive thing that there is somebody sometimes that tell them the that opposite. they are loose and, yeah, they yeah. Are loose and, and brainwash them into and feeling them and something goes on. Of course, nothing was wrong with her really, but she was she has been carrying this baggage right, that is for more of so long emotional that kind she's of burden. sure something is wrong with her. Well, she was and okay. Then you were able to, she don't need no medication, she's not having a discharge, she needs good talk therapy, <laughs> nothing is wrong she with need, her. Talk, so the perception is mm-hmm. there, you know. So what about normal size penis, but mm. the female is very, very, very aroused and mm. producing a lot of secretions, in which mm. case, no, I guess the tightness is not as much because there's so much. Yes. There's so that less, can happen as well. There, there's, there's less friction less, less because friction less contact. Because if there's a lot of lubrication, I mean, you might not feel the same the, sensation. The contact. All right. Well, we've done a lot of the anatomy and the scenarios Let's talk a bit about non-surgical ways that people have tried to or even mm. tried to make the vagina tighter. So I grew up and I did hear about alum powder, yes. which some of the young people won't know about. Yes. Wasn't it? Magnesium, isn't it? Yes. It, and alum. what is the theory of alum and it, how you use, the how you use alum? It, it used to be something, and maybe still is, that used to be used chiefly after women deliver. And it is, it, in theory, it's supposed to shrink and tighten the vagina right. after you have a baby to bring it back to normal. So whether it is a taboo or not, right? Nobody knows, but it used to be preached a lot and people still use the alum. And you can get it in forms that is semi-solid mm-hmm. so that it can be inserted. Okay, I was wondering right? if you sit in it like a sit bath and you, like you, soaking it. You can get that sort too, mm-hmm. where you sit bath 
But sitz baths are really not are really not so much a vaginal it's tightness. To heal up they are bruises. to heal bruises mm-hmm. and tears and when people get cut and get stitched mm-hmm. like during um Episiotomy, Episiotomy when you're delivering, or you delivery. just have tears, tears be, be and so on, and that is to help the healing process. Right. Funny enough, these things all go way back, but the area around the vagina, it is almost miraculous that is, it is so vascular that a lot of people get big tears yeah, and, and come out their business. Vascular for y'all means they, they have a lot of, have a lot a lot of blood, blood vessels, right? So, so it may yes, heal faster. I remember being a It bleed easier, but it heal faster. Yes, and a lot of people get torn and they're so scared about being stitched. They just go about their business. Mm-hmm. And when they come back at six weeks with clinic, Them you, again. you don't see any tear at all. It heals very well on its own. And so there are even questions. I remember looking at a study out of Scotland mm-hmm. that said that if a lady didn't have a big tear that goes right into the anus, they don't need any suture in. And uh, the truth is... Right, if it doesn't go that, that deep, then that they can probably let it heal. They can, because when it goes that deep, it tears the muscle that around the anus. Right, and that's so a different problem. So you can get anal incompetence and mm-hmm. all of that and stool always soiling. So you definitely fix those. But most tears that are superficial, it is just that people get used to sitting them because guess what? When you are sitting down, you're walking everything. That area is so close together that the edges of the tear just oppose itself. Right, they're close right? and they heal. So except you are going to be spreading your leg like doing gymnastics. Then it, will, then it will heal. The then it, it will, will heal. stick together and heal on its own. All right. Yeah. And are there any other substances outside of alum that you that people have, have referred to for tightening? Alum is the main thing, but mm-hmm. in recent times, there have been a lot of so-called, I shouldn't say so-called, um, reports and methods to do vaginal rejuvenation. And what they are, they are instruments, some of them are lasers, or that they are, they are inserted in the vagina. And what they actually do, they can cause some scar tissue to narrow the vagina. Is it still non-surgical though, right? It is. Or it is. It is. We're surgical in terms of cutting. cutting right? But they are things that you can use. And so people use things like electrical stimulation. So All just right. like how people would have dildo that they use to stimulate outside. They can put stuff in the vagina to stimulate muscle activity, mm-hmm. right? Which is almost the same like if you do Kegels exercise. That's the next question I was right? going to ask. So, yeah. Which is intentionally contracting the the muscles around the entrance of the vagina, which you call the levator muscle. I hear it's like squeezing to stop your urine, is what they describe it yes, as. Yes, it, like it is. <laughs> a lot of persons, I mean... Kegels is all, Kegels fails frequently because if you go to the gym and you keep lifting a five pound weight and you do 10 reps or three sets of reps every day, mm-hmm. your biceps will get firm. Right. Now, most people will not remember to do three or four sets Kegels of day. Kegels a day. So unless people, you're really determined. Yes, yeah, so people <laughs> say you should contract the pelvic floor muscle um, and it is, you'll say, like cutting urine, but it's the same muscles you contract. Suppose you're passing your stool and you want to cut the stool, right? Right. That is the same action. So you do that same action and you do repetitive. So in order to get benefit, it is usually suggested that you do three sets of ten, three times a day, a day for at least three months. Wow, so that's the, a lot three, of the three easy to remember, but... 
you imagine you sit at your dining table having three sets of ten three times a day for three months for at three least months. to start feel a difference. Wow. Right. So this is this is a nice. That's harder than my current workout program. <laughs> of course, that's a nice <laughs> mnemonic. And if you ask any patient, if you ask any patient, they forget because you could tie it in with activity, or you could have a little alarm clock. Something like that, like our oh, phones have alarm now. I'm sure you had so, some diligent patients who, oh, yes, who, who yes. did it all you, the way for the three months. You have, you can go longer than three months now. It's of like course, how people right. go to the gym for life. Right. So you can do it all the time. But in order to get going, that is a good thing to remember. Three, three, three. Right. So you do, you sit at your breakfast, you have, you know, at the table. So you, you have, you know, at your meals. You have, you know, breakfast, <laughs> right? Or you're at the stoplight waiting in traffic. Right, a good time, <laughs> and you do a good <laughs> ten, right? And so, if, if you're overzealous, you can do twenty. <laughs> or, or lunchtime, you say it's another time to do it, and <laughs> supper time or bedtime, you say another time to do it. And people even go further and say during intercourse, you try use elevator muscle to squeeze a penis. And the trouble is that some people concentrated on the sex so much that they forget to they forget to enjoy to, the sex to, to, to contract the muscles at that time. Right. Um. <laughs> and realize you added that S to Kegels. Is it that apostrophe? Is Kegel a person? Yes, yes, K-E-J-E-L. J-E-L, K-E-J-E-L. And then that is it. And then your apostrophe is it. Mm. All right. Well, all right. So let's move into things that maybe the average person won't know. There are some times when women need to surgically tighten. Mm. Um, I'm guessing some of it may be cosmetic, which might be a vaginoplasty. If your mm. labia is too fat and you don't like it, it hangs mm. down and you want to chop it off, mm-hmm. which people do, right? People and then do, there, I'll tell there, you there are medical reasons. Tell me about that first. About there, the, there, the, there, there is a, a, a journal that was published not too long ago by called Reproductive Health. Mm-hmm. And on the cover, front and back cover, it showed no less than about 200 variations of labor. So people do come to you want to trim the labor because they watch Blue Movie and they see, and they see some, some neat thin labor which is usually thinner in, in, in white persons. Right. And then you see somebody... <laughs> so people need to embrace their black labels. Exactly. So <laughs> then, and then, embrace your African labels. Then if you go into the, near to the Louvre in the big um, um, museum in Paris, right. there's a whole female um, labia that is displayed because it is fat with big labia. And people have gone there to look at it and people have gone there to um, protest that it is disrespect to people. No, right, it's offensive to offensive display a labor because there are people who really that. have labels yes, that look like because that. people do have like that. <laughs> so because of the fact that in a lot of cultures, they do female circumcision. And female circumcision take you from sometimes remove simple things like trimming in the, the labia menorah to extensive things like cutting off the clitoris, cutting off some of the labia. And so I remember many years ago, I, in the UK, I saw one in the clinic, a girl from East Africa. And all there was, the whole area was scared as if there was a burn. And you see two women, one woman that urine come through 
and that are hoping that periods come through and the regular labor as you know it was not there and that is um traditional female circumcision that is seen as a rite of passage right but in the western world in which countries you were saying for the for female circumcision? Even a lot of, I know a lot some of, a lot of African, African countries. countries right? But this particular case I was telling you about was from Sudan. Mm-hmm. But they have it all over. But um, female circumcision is what it is called. And it is tradition. And even the girls that are going to get it, some of them are looking forward to it. But it is done by some old lady who have experienced the cutting. And some places they call it cutting. They don't call it. So in the... Those in, girls not even concerned about vaginal tightness because they're not really supposed to be having any sex, right? No, and they're not supposed to get pleasure. So that's why the clitoris was removed. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to just have babies. Right. Right? However, when that heal and scar, it doesn't, it doesn't stretch easily. Mm-hmm. So during childbirth, they get awful tears. Right. Because you have dry tissue. And that could put them at greater risk of bleeding as well, eh? Hemorrhage and Hemorrhage even... And, and the, the procedure itself, they have been known to bleed to death when they have the circumcision right. done. And also to to, to to get infections. Sounds like an so, awful, right? awful and thing. And so they call it female circumcision. And these people say it's their right to passage. Mm-hmm. But in the Western world, and like the Royal College of Obstetrician Gynecologists, claims that it is called FGM, right? And female genital mutilation. Right. Now, for people who believe it is a right thing to do, the word mutilation is really disrespecting their, their culture. culture right. right. However, having said that, the Royal College of Obstetrician and Gynecologists say even we who are registered gynecologists shouldn't trim labia. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And, you could that's, go. and that's Royal College is out of the UK. Out of the UK. So you even... Based, oh, because they say it's a type of it mutilation. It's a type of mutilation. Mm. So when a lady who has big labia come to you and ask you to trim it for that reason, you need to tell them that from my um, training, I'm doing something that is illegal. Is right? it, it's not technically illegal in Jamaica, though, right? No, it is. We not have technic- no laws against it. It is not technically illegal in Jamaica. And if the patient requests and desires it, I guess you, as a well, as a well, risk, as a surgeon, could, could yes, could, yes, you could do it. Could do and it, right? and I have seen labor that's so long that when the women are having intercourse, Get in the it way. fall in mm-hmm. and irritate, and so so I have done trimming, but I usually have done more counseling to tell them that it is unnecessary. And so they might come want it to be trimmed and I talk to them and I don't see them again. Either A, that they, I, I was able to convince them or B, they go to somebody else who will do it. Right. <laughs> right? Well, all right. This is a good time to now go into a, a few other things that I say maybe the average person won't know, but unless you're a woman who experiences it, and I've seen you do this a few times, and that is women who have prolapse of the uterus mm-hmm. or they have the bladder prolapsing, right? Yes, the sister seal. And, um, and the rectal seal. Sometimes in repairing that bladder, you end up tightening the vagina, right? In most cases. Tell me a little bit about, about that. I mean, yes. what is the prolapse anyway? What we call it in the body come down? Yes, they call it body come down. And in, what it is really 
It happens chiefly in women who have had children. When I was in training, they used to say if you have a lot of children, but you can have one child and, and you still, still get it because the muscles prolapse. get weak. So it's really about how your muscles respond. Not all muscles. There are some ligaments that suspend the uterus, mm-hmm. and some go to the side, to the pelvic side wall. Some go to the back. We call them uterus sacral. To the side, you call them cardinal. To the front, you have round ligament and all of that. These get stretched and did not go back. Now, just like how some women have babies and they are loaded with stretch mark and don't care what they rub on it, they still have stretch mark. So it means that you have an inherent deficiency in your elastic tissue. Right, right. So people with good elastic tissue might not get prolapse. So you explain to the, the patient that what you're really doing with the prolapse, you're going to correct it. But what is left there could prolapse because you can't give them new elastic tissue. Right. So um, I remember... Again, in UK, a lady asked the consultant, so how come I get prolapse? And the consultant stopped a little and said, you have an old dress and the elastic wear out, <laughs> and it just dropped down. Right. And so, of course, I was glad that it was nice. Yeah, that's a good analogy. I wasn't, the, I wasn't the person who said it, right. because it might have been well, offensive. That's a, that's a great analogy, because yes. when you have an old dress, it's nice and tight for a while, elastic get yes. but you're yes. still wearing it, because yes. sometimes you like it. But 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 even, then no but before what is the average age though that most women so that's another thing yes, would happen when you're older generally yeah, yes when you're older you get a few prolapses that occur like in relationship to things like pregnancy and to so get some women in pregnancy get prolapse during pregnancy as the pregnancy get bigger the prolapse decrease because the uterus get large and pull up the the cervix right. so you don't see but after delivery it comes back down so you get a few of those most of the persons with prolapses are postmenopausal women because the, the elastic tissue will deteriorate when the estrogen hormone level falls after menopause. So they are more likely to get these prolapse and they can be huge and they can, and they have a lot of things in Jamaica, they call it body come down. I remember working out in the clinic in the country and one lady come and said I have a tomatoes because <laughs> it looks so it looks so big and red like a tomato and, wow, I love and, our people, you know. and another lady she told me after just like I told you um showed me her prolapse wanted to do surgery wanted to find out what caused it and I went through the nice explanation about elastic tissue and thing and she paused a little bit she said well my church is to say that when my husband did i never wear no red panty so him come back come play with me and give my body come down <laughs> right because red panty is supposed to run supernatural yeah red is for the supernatural yeah, even in the movies yes the red so, the so, red thing for so, the baby hand yeah so I, I of course i said to her what about the women who have prolapse and the husband not dead exactly you know so these the, this but back to your question no but but all right so in the case of the prolapse you fix the, the, the ligaments the muscles you tighten it you so tighten the, the vaginal tightening at the end of that procedure is not really holding the womb up that's just part of no the, no it's not holding the womb up it's part, part of the, the whole procedure, procedure. and mm-hmm. so the, the part of the vagina that was pushing out for example the front section very often is the bladder is pushing out and the rear section sometimes is the rectum that we call a rectal seal and then the womb prolapse is when the cervix comes down so very often when you do all that repair right your people can still have intercourse 
except you really over repair it. <laughs> so can a woman who is not having a prolapse still mm. have that same kind of vaginal repair? If you can, you can you still surgically tighten? Oh tiny? yes, there, there there was. <laughs> and is there any real indication, or based on what we're discussing, the, your the, vagina the, the should be good? So what the reason for it? The you? indication is usually the perception um, of some women that they are very loose. Right. And sometimes they feel. They might be a little. Sometimes they feel loose, but sometimes is somebody tell them that they lose. So it is always suit you to ask questions. This, because yeah. sometimes you get an answer like, Tom said I'm all right, but John said I'm loose. Right. right. So maybe John is small. Right. And so, we don't want to be kind people to yeah, surgery yeah. for no reason. So you don't want to do it for no reason. But there are surgical procedures where you, what you really actually do is bring the pelvic floor muscles together you shorten them and bring the vagina so the same muscle that you would have used kegels to tighten up you shorten them so if you shorten them you'll make them tighter it means that they could stretch again right or they could be scarred and when they become scarred now then you get very painful intercourse rather than very loose intercourse right. so you have both sides of the coin i have a few more scenarios mm. to try to so uh, all right, I'll ask that one last. What I'll ask you next about is a condition called vaginismus. Mm -hmm. So in my medical school days, I remember people cracking jokes about people having sex mm -hmm. and the man penis gets stuck in her because she clamp up on him mm -hmm. and they have to go to the hospital together mm -hmm. and to go into the, to be separated. Mm -hmm. Now, explain vaginismus. Is it real? Could this really happen that you have to I've go never, to the hospital? I've like, heard about that. Like how the dogs, them I've heard about up. that many times. I've seen it all in the star some years ago. Yeah, it would be but I have never, ever seen anybody, female and male, stick together. But they wouldn't come to your office. But maybe I'd probably rather come to the because, office than the hospital. Because though. what happened with the dogs? When the dog having intercourse, the head of the penis swell up. get so engorged, yeah. Yes, and, and get big so it doesn't come out very easily until it is limp. Which is so, probably nature's way of ensuring that all the semen come out too. Maybe or stays way, inside. Or stays inside. Mm. Now, vaginismus, it is not a thing about sticking as much as a thing about not being able to penetrate. Because the levator muscles around the entrance of the vagina that bring me back to my analogy between the two gates. Mm. You have a little gate and you have a big gate, but inside the vagina is the same vagina. So the person with the little gate, if you just put your finger, a lot of people have vaginismus, and you press, you touch them. You don't pass the instrument, you just touch them, and they're screaming, having pain, right? And if you just get the, entry, the tip of your finger in, and you feel the edge of the levator muscle, it is so right. tense. So so is right? it really that this man then kind of just gets his penis just beyond the levator mm. and you're probably having some amount of intercourse with, with lubrication, but mm. then you get stuck? Yeah. Well, I don't say... And I, the only way to come out is if you become anorexic. I am not convinced that people get stuck. I think a lot of it is over... <laughs> Is is brain out dramatics for dramatics for, for, um, yes, for, for, entertainment, for entertainment value. But what usually tend to have much vaginismus is and vaginismus cannot be even women who have had children, is that the introitus of the vagina, which, which is, is the, the entrance, entrance, right? It is the muscles get so tense when I had attempted 
sex or attempted examination that the person has excruciating pain. And so one of the treatment for vaginismus now, although it is, is it, it is, people used to have an operation that they call Fenton operation. Mm-hmm. And they used to use that in order to make a tea cut and we're in the entrance of the vagina. So although it is cut like a tea, you close it, the crossways so that it widens so it but, but mm-hmm. get what usually happens when it closes it usually forms a scar and sometimes matters get worse so in people have come up with this big idea maybe over the past 20 years that if you inject some botox in the veg in the, the muscle then you will relax it and what botox does as you know botox is botulinum but toxin. I just think of it potting things up, but it will relax. No, no, no. Botulinum, In this context, it, it is relaxes bot- Botox is botulinum toxin. Mm. I mean, it is produced by certain things like snakes. And when they hit you, it, yeah, it, it, it paralyzes mm. the nerve. Now, the muscles that will contract at the entrance of the vagina, they contract because of the nerves that come to them. Right? So in front, near to the clitoris, you have the pudendal nerve. And to the back, you get nerves that come from inside the plexus in the pelvis, right? And these will contract the muscles at the entrance. By the way, here they talk about the pudendal nerve. Pudendal nerve, just to tell you how people used to think of genitals, mean the nerve of shame, right? right? right. And nothing is wrong, but it is the same nerve that gives most of the innovation to the clitoris that can cause pleasure, but it was named the nerve of shame. Oh boy. Right? So, and that is some history right there. <laughs> that is some history. But back to your vaginismus. So I've seen vaginismus. So what about the psychological component of vaginismus? Because that is my it. understanding is that mm. you're anxious or nervous, so you tighten up. That is so it. So that the is kind of what most, I think of when I... Most vaginismus. Sometimes you don't find any underlying cause. But if you take a good history, a, a girl had some interference when she was younger... And she carried with her right, for many years. Right, I was wondering years. if maybe abuse or, yes. or rape could be yes. a Sometimes a they don't time. even succeed. But I've seen the extreme now where a man was married for six years and was unable to get intercourse from his wife because of vaginismus, not because she didn't have a passage. And, and he may not have known that before getting into that sexual situation. No, eh? because, because they were too... Upstanding people that plan that they would never right. have sex After before marriage, right? <laughs> before marriage, yes. All right, we're coming, we're coming close to the end now, and I'm going to ask you a very interesting question to, to almost wrap up, and then we're going to conclude as to whether all vaginas are created equal. But, um, does vaginal tightness matter for lesbians? I mean, and it, that's assuming that it, it, that there it, it might, it might, and um, the question. Well, that goes I into have, the whole story of 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 lesbian intercourse and what they do. Y- in, yes, in I the have had. So it depends. I have had very good, good um, discussions with women who hate to be called lesbians. They tell me when I say things like that, say. You, I should say that they are in same-gender relationship. Okay, well, that's and, more politically and, and correct. Of it? course, it is all right. And they say that you should say homosexual because not all same-gender relationship have sex. All okay, right? for this, all right. So that's uh, the addition of the sexual. So that is but, but the, the if thing. I'm, if correct mm. me if I'm wrong, homosexual, as far as I know, involves includes male and females. Yes, yes, yes. So long as you're in the same. And gay thing. as well, but are gay usually we associate with men. 
We were supposed to get gay with men. But I think but it is still all Homosexual mean lesbians and Because that's and coming gay. from homo sapiens. Yes. So it means that. However, female homosexuality is far more acceptable in our society right. than male. That's number one. But number two, people do not know that a lot of female homosexuality exists. Because if you should just go to a school, a girl's school, girls walk and hug up and hold on. But a lot but of that ga- is not homosexuality. But, but no, it isn't. That is just it isn't. female bonding it isn't. in so high when, school. So when it is, you don't recognize it. Well, okay, ga- well guys... We, you, if we, you do, we don't do that at all. Yes, you don't <laughs> do that. Cold. And when you see two guys riding on the street in the bike, you can't like, put your hand what on usually the in front. The girl, when they're on the, they're on the pillion, them they hold up the guy. Hands, yeah. The guys fold them arm or put them hands behind him. And so when the bike man hit up a toe, them drop and bust them in. Right? Mm. And because they're not supposed to be hugging around, the men I will at least make people see. Right. Right? So you find that, all of that. But back to your question. Females do use sex toys for penetration, but there are quite a few females who are in same-gender relationship who are virgins, so they don't penetrate. Right. But remember that a lot of sex, to- sex toys, they, co- they don't come looking like penis. Right, not everything is right. penetrating. Not Some everything things is are, are external they, they, stimulation. There are vibrators that look like an egg. Well, I think I'll right? have an episode and because it look like people who egg. tell us what happens. Because they look like an egg, what you do, you turn on the current and, and you it, put it, it on the clitoris. It, and you rub it all over the external area, clitoris and labia minora, and people get pleasure and, and get climax. So it doesn't always, is men believe that penetration is such a big deal. Women will tell you that they can masturbate themselves and get them climax without penetration. Right. right? So, so when you talk about same gender female relationship, a lot of them do not use toys to penetrate. Now you have some now who have on belt and penis. Right. And so the person what they're receiving in, they feel in it while the one who belt it on, you don't have no sensation. It's so like we may have to bring you back for this for another episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sure there is going to be algorithm and there is going to be um, artificial intelligence that's going to make um, dildo have sensation one day. Well, we were talking about <laughs> this in a conference today and I'm sure yes. the dildo will be able to predict exactly what you need. It's yes, just like yes. Google and Gmail does. Exactly. All right. So as we recap, um, um, I can add anything that they've left out. So things that may make the vagina loose, potentially having a lot of children, menopause. Um, these are the things that well, may, may loosen the walls well, a little bit, potentially. Well, for, well first thing, the, the, you can get congenital abnormality where you're born and the vagina just don't form at all. Fine. Right? So you have a normal looking clitoris and you only have the your genital ridge where the vagina turn in from below but the opening from top don't come down and join it at all. So you have imperfect hymen, you have vaginal septum, you have septums that are vertical like the the, the, the septum between your two nose holes. So it goes straight up from the entrance to the cervix. And I remember a patient, a man, who wasn't getting pregnant, but when she was having intercourse, the septum get pushed to one side and all the intercourse was going taking to the place side that wasn't in the going dead end. Into the, into the, in yeah, the dead, dead end. end. So yes, yeah, so we removed the septum and, and she has had three children since because the cervix mm-hmm. that get them. So, so they all are not 
created alike, but a lot of time you do not find out that there's an abnormality until around the time that the person should start menstruating. Menstruating, then, probably having sex or trying to have a baby. Or trying to have a thing. Mm-hmm. So there are, because of the development from a couple of ducks, these ducks do not necessarily hollow out and do not form properly, properly and these are congenital abnormality. You just born that way. Right, and so this is what people say, you are eunuch. So <laughs> all vaginas are not created equal Mm-mm. if we include congenital abnormalities. In Mm-mm. the absence of congenital abnormalities, Mm-mm. though, what you would say? Basically the same. <laughs> and a lot, of, a lot of things in his head rather than in the vagina. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't think we need to talk anymore about this. I think we have exhausted this topic and I think that you've learned a whole lot about female anatomy, about vaginas and so many different scenarios around whether vaginas are really created equal and it seems like they pretty much are. So um, ladies, do your kegels if you want to tighten up and um, let me know how it is after three months. But uh, ladies believe their vagina is different. And I so think our ladies believe their vaginas yeah, are tight. Uh, not only tight, but believe they have something that different from everybody else. <laughs> and so, so long as you get it, you will never leave. <laughs> that is what they think. As Shereen Anderson said, I have to come back. <laughs> All right. I thank my father, an obstetrician gynecologist, Dr. Mm-hmm. Wendell Guthrie, for doing my first full-length podcast right here on Talk Truth. I would not want it any other way. And I'm sure this one will go down in history. I'm also sure that he'll be back for some other topics because he's a wealth of knowledge. So um, this is where you have the fake applause in the background. I'll probably try and put it in after. So um, thank you for staying tuned right here and talk truth and more to come next week. We'll see what's up. Something spicy. Bye. If you heard anything in this podcast that resonated with you medically, feel free to make an appointment to see either Dr. Guthrie as a gynecologist or to see me as a general practitioner by calling 876-929-2311-22 or 5. That's 876-929-2311-2 or 5. Feel free to make an appointment. Well, that podcast was either very awkward or highly educational and maybe a bit entertaining. But whatever you got from it, I want you to also realize that it's also awesome to have a great relationship with your parents if you do. And I truly appreciate that I can sit down and have candid and open conversations with my pops. So, you know, we give thanks for him. And to you, our new and loyal listeners, you know what to do. Subscribe to the podcast, download the podcast, stream the podcast, share the podcast on social media and with your friends. What you can do when you're sharing is at Mario Evan, that's M-A-R-I-O-E-V-O-N, and use the hashtags TalkTruthJA and MeTalkTruth. You should also please give us a review on iTunes as iTunes ratings really help to bring us up in the podcast listing. Ratings give us a one to five star, whatever you feel we deserve. And write a comment. Let us know if you like it, if you do like it, if you feel it, if you vibe it. So whether you have an account or not with iTunes, jump in there and give you a review. For people on Twitter, we're at TalkTruthJA. And you can send us an email at TalkTruthJA at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. We also have a guest link. So if you think you have truth to share, feel free to link us up for the link to our guest link and we'll send it to you. This has been episode two of Talk Truth. 
next week more juicy things this is your boy mario evan blessed love until next time